Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and big bad who's back, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm film scholar and werewolf groupie, Noelle LaCroix. And we're here today to talk about Wild at Heart, the sixth episode of season four. Wild at Heart aired on November 9th, 1999. It was written by Marty Noxon and directed by David Grossman. As you all know, and we all know at this point, this is a fully spoiled Buffy podcast. So if you haven't seen the whole thing and you're spoiler sensitive, uh, maybe get yourself caught up and then come on back. We will be here. <laughs> Grab your Kleenex and your chocolatey chocolate anything and let's go on patrol. In Wild at Heart, Buffy slays a campus vamp while up above, Spike watches an evil monologues. But in the middle of his evil monologue, a bunch of commandos tase him and take him away. Later, everyone gets together at the bronze, even Giles, who is trying some new things. But when Veruca's band plays, Oz becomes mesmerized, and it's uncomfortable. The next morning, Oz and Willow wake up with no time for morning sex, but as they compare their schedules, they discover a conflict. There's this Wicca group on campus I wanted to check out. They have orientation on the three-nature wolfie. And it's probably totally silly, but... We'll go. Show them how it's done. Are you sure? You can lock yourself up. It's only this one month after orientation. You meet on different nights. I'll be fine. At school, Professor Walsh compliments Buffy's paper and wants her to lead a discussion, directing her to talk to the TA. You know, Riley. On campus, Oz bumps into Veruca and sits at her table, and Willow shows up and sits down, but things get awkward, so both Oz and Veruca just get up and leave her there, and what the actual fuck? Buffy finds her, and Willow finally expresses what she's been worried about. He thinks she's sexy. He, he gets this blushy thing going on behind his ears. It's from me only. Oz locks himself into the flimsiest underground cage ever built and breaks out with what is essentially a dirty look. Outside on the street, Maggie Walsh is walking home when she's attacked by Werewolf Oz. She runs, turns a corner, and there's another werewolf, who obviously uses conditioner. They go at each other, and Maggie runs off. The next morning, Oz wakes up, naked in the woods, with Veruca curled up beside him. They steal clothes from a dorm laundry room, and Veruca tries to convince Oz that there are other ways to exist as a werewolf. I can help you, Oz. You're scared. I was too. But then I accepted it, the animal. It's powerful. Inside me all the time. Soon you just start to feel sorry for everybody else. Professor Walsh is telling Riley about the wild dogs that attacked her the night before when Buffy comes up on them, and her Buffy sense goes off. Wild dogs? Last night was a moony night? Not good. She goes to see a scruffy sweater Giles who is clearly teetering on the edge of a midlife crisis, and he sends her to talk to Oz. Meanwhile, Willow visits Xander in his basement to get some advice on Veruca and Oz from a man's perspective. Have you asked Oz about it? Well, I, I thought about it, but then I'll think I'm all jealous and worried. But you are, and odds are he feels it. I'll bet that's all there is to the weird you're feeling. You guys should talk things out, Will. You both feel better. Buffy finds Oz repairing his cage, and I don't know, Oz, considering how easily that door came off last time, maybe it's time to hire a professional? Buffy tells him about Professor Walsh being chased by two wild dogs. He fails to tell her about Veruca. She asks if he's okay, 
and he lies and says he's fine. At sunset, Oz calls Veruca to his cage and warns her about Buffy patrolling that night. He pulls her into the cage and kisses her, locking the door behind them. They have sex while turning into werewolves, and the next morning, Willow shows up with breakfast to find Veruca and Oz cuddling naked together in the cage. She's like me, a wolf. Well, I knew you two had a lot in common, but... Don't touch me! Willow confronts Oz, and he throws Xander back in her face, and Willow runs off. She wanders through town and accidentally walks in front of a car. Riley pulls her out of the road, and Buffy runs to her, taking her home. Willow tells Buffy about Veruca, and Buffy decides she has to go and find Veruca before the sun sets. Before leaving, she tells Willow to put the blame where it belongs, and when she's gone, Willow goes to her handy box of magic and opens it. At Oz's, Buffy shows up and is not impressed. Where is she? I don't know. I already checked all the usual haunts. But I know the areas we're drawn to. I'm pretty sure I can follow our scent. We'll try that then. Look, Buffy, you should know that... Oz. That might be a good time for your trademark stoicism. Willow starts on a magic spell of vengeance while Buffy and Oz go on the hunt for Veruca. They find Veruca's clothing and attempt to throw them off her trail. They figure out that Veruca will be after Willow and run off to find her, but are delayed when they bump into some commandos in the woods. In the chemistry lab, Willow is about to cast a spell on Oz and Veruca, but she stops herself. At that moment, Veruca walks in and says that sometimes you have to kill in order to keep what's yours. How about that? The sun's almost down. Veruca attacks Willow, and Oz walks in to stop her. They both start to change, and Oz attacks Veruca. Once they're in full wolf mode, Oz bites out her throat and turns to Willow, about to attack, when Buffy shows up and pulls him back. She shoots him with a trank gun. Later, at Giles's, Buffy explains what happened and tells him about the commandos and worries about Oz and Willow. Willow shows up at Oz's apartment to find him packing. He's leaving so he can figure out his wolf side in a place where he can't hurt anyone, least of all, Willow. Oz, don't you love me? My whole life, I've never loved anything else. All right, Noelle. Now, we have a lot to talk about in this episode um, for Wild at Heart, and I know that you are up in your feelings, and I'm going to let you get to that. But first, we have to talk about the most important thing that happens in this episode, which is 15 seconds of Spike. (laughs) And now for your moment of Spike. (laughs) Now for your moment of Spike. I completely forgot that Spike was in this episode. And then I was like, wait, is Spike in this episode? Oh, no, he's not. No, no, not really. It has nothing to do with anybody. It's like the opposite of a coda. You know, it's the opening version of a coda. There's nothing. It's just like the beginning of what's going to be happening from here on out. But it is the beginning of Spike's amazing arc, which I absolutely love. This, of course, is the moment when the commandos take him they're going to put a chip in his head and he's not going to be able to hurt people anymore and it just is the most wonderful thing and i love it with my whole heart so i'm very excited about that i also you know of course have a soft spot for spike evil monologuing from the top of a building 
you know um that's always fun and it's like incredibly convenient exactly like you do it's incredibly convenient that the action always happens next to the building where he is because it's not like the sunnydale campus has a lot of building he'd have to like crawl down and then walk and then go to another building top it's just it's really inconvenient it's not like in la when he's you know evil monologuing from a building over angel um so it's wonderful i loved it it was fun it was very very brief but man i love me some spike yeah, a little spike amuse bouche is really what this <laughs> episode needs. <laughs> well, it's, it's was your bouche amuse? Mine my, was. <laughs> my, my bouche absolutely was. Why? Thank you. <laughs> oh man! Wow, that this, sounds dirty. All this right, is what so. we call stalling because this is like a big episode where stuff happens, and this I'm gonna is. cry because oh. it's just intense. I'm so intense. I'm sorry. Well, why don't we go ahead and get the intensity out of the way at the beginning? Tell me about (laughs) how this episode affected you as a human being. (laughs) (laughs) So when I when I watch this episode, I feel that my feelings are being felt. Um, (laughs) No, but there's I mean, there is this real thread running through this episode of the feeling of deep connection that happens when we are truly seen or known or Mm -hmm. part of a group and it starts off funny and kind of sweet and then it ramps up in seriousness as we go along until Mm -hmm. you know we're left with willow sobbing as oz drives away (laughs) and i can't so you know the opening in in the opening before we get spike we get buffy is back right we've had Mm -hmm. this like you know, previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'm Parker Abrams, you know, and it's like, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that we're done with that previously on because, oh oh my God, no. So we're back to Buffy, you know, quipping and, you know, generally being a badass and, Mm -hmm. you know, kicking ass. But she says, you know, she's cracking jokes and she says, that's all I get. I don't (laughs) think the forces of darkness are even trying, which is... Kind of a great jumping off point for this whole like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm working so like work with me here. I'm working here, <laughs> vibe Doing the thing, right? Yeah, and then you know we have we have another wonderful moment of humor with Giles at the Bronze, and mm-hmm. he's trying to fit into this group, and not really like everyone is weirded out. Like, why is mm-hmm. Giles here? What's yeah. happening? And of course, Oz is the one who comes through and says, I've seen Giles's collection. He was an animal in his day, which is, you know, of course, a nice mm-hmm. animal link because we're going to be talking about that and the animal inside and your wildness being like an animal. And then Veruca's on mm-hmm. stage and whatever. It's fine. Right. It's fine. It's fine. But, you know, here's Giles like trying to fit in with this group of students and like be part of the gang <laughs> even though she is right. but it's not you know he like he needs that connection he's trying so hard he's gonna oh, buy them right. lattes like it's I it's know, very it's so sweet sweet it's, it's very so sweet. sweet but he went there though he was surprised to see them like he went to the bronze giles is in this okay we're gonna talk about all the things that you like deeply identify with <laughs> Giles in this midlife place where he's not really sure what's him and he's trying on all the hats and trying to figure out what works for him and not all of it does. Um, I identify deeply with that experience right now. 
<laughs> so watching Giles go in there and he was, he wasn't there to go see them. Like they were there and he was like, "Oh, hello," you know, and and hanging out with them and he was fine. Oh, see, I but think he was that's at the cover. Oh. I think okay, he's fronting. Right. I think he's okay. pretending that he's there to see the band. Oh. And oh, yes, hello. <laughs> you know, here we are. You know, I'll just What a surprise. Have, what a surprise. Fancy meeting you here. That's the vibe that I get from Giles. Right. He, he, what he really wants is to like go hang out with the kids because he misses them. Like he's so excited whenever Buffy comes oh. over to his house. Like, no, that's true. But he's he's excited because he's looking for work and something to see. I read Giles completely differently. I read him as hanging out with them because that's all he's got. <laughs> Because I don't know, like I, you know, I'm I'm a teacher. I work with young kids all the time. They are lovely. I adore them. They're very sweet. I don't want to hang out with them. Um, you know, uh, you want to hang out with people who have like some shared experience. And I guess they do have shared experience, you know, fighting ultimate evil and whatever. But at the same time, I don't know. I read it completely differently that here he is just trying things. I'll go to the bronze. I'll see what's going on. You know, enjoy some music, which is his thing. And then he turns around and who's there? The only friends he have, which are half his age. Oh, God. But he's polite because he's British. So he sits down. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. We get such different reads off this episode. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. (laughs) So, of course, you know, Oz and Giles and Xander are all completely entranced by Veruca. And we're supposed to know, you know, because she's like... Because she dresses like Faith. This is the sexy girl. You and know, she the sexy, does this weird girl. primal thing with her head where she hunches over and looks into the... I, I'm sure she was directed to do that. But oh my God, it looks so incredibly affected and calls so much attention to itself. Yeah, it doesn't know. look like... It doesn't look yeah. like natural movement at all. None no. of her movement does. It's really no. unfortunate. It's really, really <laughs> unfortunate. Um, but of course, you know, we we go from like this, like... You see Willow seeing Oz see Veruca mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable. And then we yeah. go to Oz and Willow in bed together. Oh and my it's the God. Sweetest. It is the sweetest. And I have to say that moment where Oz says, come back to me. And you see him kind of reaching down under the covers. That is an unbelievably sexy moment. <laughs> <laughs> Waking her up a little bit. Waking she's dreaming. Her up a little bit. It's kind of sweet. But we see, I mean, in this in this episode that's really about connection and belonging we see you know he says it's a dream and she's talking in her sleep Mm -hmm. and then she says she's awake but she says all gemini's to the raspberry hats (laughs) and he says now you're faking because he knows (laughs) and she says am not which is just so cute it's such a cute exchange of Mm -hmm. sweetness and familiarity and how well they work together in this Mm -hmm. playful way it's really Mm -hmm. really wonderful and then they're talking about their plans for the evening and how they're gonna shut up willow's brain by having sex (laughs) except you know not because it's the night before the full moon and she says um she mentions that she's got this wicca group orientation to go to and oz says show them how it's done Mm -hmm. and it's so sweet like after his concern about her practicing magic right he's like he knows he knows Mm -hmm. that she's extraordinary and powerful and he's like yeah 
not a problem, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, go, go, you know, go get him, Tiger. Like, she, right. he's, he is very, like, he knows that this is something that's important to her and that, mm-hmm. you know, that that deserves to be recognized, you know, yeah. equal, in, in equal parts with his wolfiness, which is still mm-hmm. not something that they're really super comfortable talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get that little bit, we get that little bit of friction. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of, you know, this theme of like being seen and known, Professor Walsh has seen that Buffy is academically pretty badass. Yeah, I love that. Which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Especially because, you know, up to this point, we've had you know, mean old Professor Walsh who, like, doesn't Mm -hmm. care that you have any sort of emergency of any kind because here you are standing in front of me and, you know, don't you dare miss my class or I'll, But fair enough, she'll recognize when work is good. But at the same time, Buffy's like, okay, you know, what do I do? She's like, talk to the TA, not my fucking job, you know? Exactly. Like, (laughs) and I'm done here. (laughs) I've had my moment of kindness for the week. Let's just finish this off. (laughs) It's like you get one moment, Summers. That's all you get. You get one human moment. That's it. Yes. But then we get the, the bond between Willow and Buffy being mm-hmm. both shaky but but also like then sort of re-cemented because Willow is jealous of Buffy. Yes. Which but great. I love too. She has that moment of jealousy and then she's so proud of Buffy because Buffy made her academically jealous. I love the way that Willow makes this into seeing Buffy. You know, yeah. it makes it about Buffy. It is such a loving exchange. I absolutely adore it. But of course, it also sets up this theme of jealousy and the idea of someone else mm-hmm. kind of not not stepping in, but like Willow's Willow's thing is being academically amazing. Yeah. That yeah. is her thing. School yeah. is her thing. So here's someone else being better at her thing than she is. And we go right from here to... Oz and Veruca mm-hmm. at the at the lunch table outdoors, yeah. and you hate this scene so much. Oh, I have I have such such really <laughs> difficult feelings about the scene, but you know what? We can save that for later because you're okay. talking about really deep themes of being seen, <laughs> and I'm going to go into a furious rant. So we'll just push okay. that down okay. the road a little bit and let you have your space here because I think your space have is going to be much much more valuable. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I actually, well, I don't know. But Oz notices, I mean, Veruca says something snippy to him because that's her entire purpose yes. in the narrative is to because snip she's at terrible. everyone. Because, well, because, I mean, because she's a werewolf, so she's a female dog, so she's literally bitchy. I don't know. It's like, whatever. It's not a word I like to use, but whatever. She's she's the the bitchy mean girl. Mm-hmm. Like, she just is. There's really not a way around it. But yeah. Oz notices Veruca's appetite, which is not symbolic at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've paired this idea of hungry and horny before mm-hmm. with another girl who yes, we likes have. the pleather pants. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, the the... 
commenting on someone's food is always kind of a mm, yeah. shifty, shifty place. But I like that what he's noting about her is her appetite. Now, when she comes back with, we'll get to later. But he's noticing, he's noticing this thing about her that is something that she likes about herself. She likes mm-hmm. that she enjoys eating. Um, yeah. And there's that little bit, I mean, it's not great, but there's that bit of connection and being seen in that moment. And then, of course, Veruca turns it on its ear when she mm-hmm. hooks at Willow and says, good shirt. Oh, Which, yeah, God. yeah. I love, I love that line reading. I <laughs> love it. It makes me so happy and so angry because yeah. it's like, it's so pointed She's oh yeah. She's looking directly at. She sees Willow and all of her Willowness, and just rips it down. And Willow, of course, Willow's pride and her Willowness goes right down the drain. I you know, know she says to Buffy, "Why didn't you tell me I look like a crazy birthday cake in this shirt?" <laughs> 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 poor, poor Willow. That's very Willow. sweet. And I love Buffy's Buff- response. Too. Yeah. I, I thought that was the point, which of course it was. Yeah, it was That's the point. That's style. That's why she chose exactly. that shirt. Yeah. But we're all the way back to Welcome to the Hellmouth mm-hmm. with Cordelia you know, yep. tearing Willow down for her clothes as mm-hmm. though her appearance is what's most noteworthy about her. So, and right. obviously, Well, it's also it's- an easy thing, though. Appearance is a very easy thing. If you want to take a woman down, oh, yes. say something shitty about her appearance. Absolutely. because. Because we are primed. The culture has primed us to be insecure about that. And even the most secure woman is probably going to feel a little something. She may be able to battle it off and be like, fuck you. But, you know, it's it's an easy, it is the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it is this, like, for Willow in particular, the mm-hmm. appearance, I don't know, appearance seems to be... I mean, in this episode, it's a sore spot, but yeah. it's something that it's something that comes up for Willow over and over and over again. You mm-hmm. know, in Halloween, wanting to be, yeah, you know, a ghost because right. she's covered in, mm-hmm. in this. You know, Buffy wants her to present herself in a particular way, or at right. least take the opportunity to explore presenting herself in a particular way (laughs) and willow is not comfortable with that no Mm -hmm. no ma'am um oh and halloween because that's when oz is driving the van and he sees her and who is that girl all right sorry (laughs) just (laughs) brought me down memory lane and i'm so sad (laughs) and you're so sad you're so sad um yeah it's it's real sad Mm -hmm. it's very very sad of course oz and veruca in the woods mm-hmm. with the with the spooning because you yes. know the Sunnydale forest I mean we've been in the forest <laughs> before but yeah what <laughs> what know. anyway um but I just I love the shot so much yeah the, from you know the blue morning sky down through the trees to Oz on the ground and at first you can't really see that there's anyone else there and then oh lo and oh, behold mm-hmm. you know Veruca's behind him and it's just it's so pretty so pretty and they're all like cuddly outside and naked in nature is my aesthetic in a big way so i have (laughs) i have a lot like i have a lot of feelings about this moment um obviously it's a huge turning point Mm -hmm. it's yes and it's not i mean and it's not so much like 
Garden of Eden as it is like Forest of Carnality. Right. (laughs) But, you know, here we have this woman tempting a good man away from what is capital R Rosenberg right. Mm -hmm. Right. And we even have a link between Oz and godliness with his Halloween costume from a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. where he literally went as God for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And part of that was in his connection to Willow. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it's, it's a snarky costume on its own. It's kind of, and it's perfectly Oz, but also it was about that relationship with Willow, who of course was dressed as Joan of Arc, Mm -hmm. which I love so much. Um, And then, but we do, I mean, it's, it is, it is kind of biblical. I mean, once Oz realizes what he's done, he gets dressed. Mm -hmm. Like Adam eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge and realizing he's naked and covering himself. So we're like, Mm -hmm. we're like, we're doing some like a big. Wow. You're bringing some deep themes into this. I like it. Well, I mean, (laughs) you can't not though, because it is about knowledge and self not like it's it's literally about knowledge and yeah ultimately about oh gosh like identity and who you are and whether you want to be connected to what the show presents as something higher Mm -hmm. which we've equated with willow up to this point um because willow i mean Willow's pretty great. She's also a witch, which means she has a direct line of communication to spirit. So arguably, she is the most divine of our core cast. Um, And we've in this episode, we've really pitted her against Veruca, who's like, it's the wolf. It's the animal. This is who you are. You're the wolf all the time. And that's her approach to this piece of identity that Oz hasn't really confronted up till this point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I think we see, we'll, we'll, there are some, there are some visual cues about Oz's mental, um, mental emotional connection to mm-hmm. the idea of being a werewolf um, that I will get to in a minute. But I don't like, okay. The dorm laundry room scene is a really interesting scene Mm -hmm. i do not like the sexy animalistic woman as the temptress of a good man that's a trope we see everywhere Mm -hmm. all the time i don't like it but i do appreciate the very real possibility that oz has desires that willow isn't fulfilling Mm -hmm. and that he's not yet acknowledging to himself because he doesn't really have anyone yeah. to acknowledge it with. Um, well, I mean, I think that it's that, like, when you're talking about being seen, you know, that, like, Willow knows human Oz. But Willow can never really know werewolf Oz. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what that's like. Um, she doesn't know the experience. And so ha- having somebody who understands and gets you um, is 
really, I mean, that's that's a huge balm to your soul, you know, and, and when you're seen in a way that you haven't been able to be seen, um, I think that that makes you feel like super, super connected with the person who can see you, whether or not they're actually like a decent person that you would ever like in any other context, you know, right. uh, Veruca, but um, <laughs> because she's the worst. Um, so, yeah, I completely understand that and I actually kind of like that that sense of that call. You know, to to somebody else who can understand your experience in a way that like other people who you love and connect with in other ways maybe can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we talk about this. I mean, I've talked about this before when I talk about the queerness of monsters and slayers Mm -hmm. um, for that matter. You know, that if you have an experience that is outside of the norm, whatever Mm -hmm. that means, whatever that norm is, it's like it's so crucial to have right. people who have also had that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm flashing back to Buffy telling Willow that she can't understand the power that she feels as a slayer. You know, Willow right. is Willow is feeling some jealousy because Buffy mm-hmm. and Faith are hanging out. Right. And, you know, she tries, Willow tries to... Uh, you know, she makes that bid for connection with Buffy about, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, I know how it feels to have power. And Buffy's like, mm, I don't think you can really understand. And we have that again. Right. We played that whole thing out last uh, season with Faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the same kind of themes, like somebody who can understand what your experience is, is an incredibly powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And Oz, at the end, like his... The best he can do uh, for an excuse (laughs) for his Mm -hmm. behavior when, you know, Willow confronts him, he says, I didn't have a choice. And she says, but you did. You could have told somebody. Right. And Mm -hmm. that for me, like it's that is such a beautifully painful moment. And it raises the question, could he like, could he have told somebody? And I think that, I mean, yeah. He could, he knew she was a werewolf. He knew, you know, but also I think the fact that he feels that he doesn't have a choice speaks to this pull to protect someone who is like you, Mm -hmm. to want to explore that, that difference that Veruca is highlighting in him because that's, that's what she likes about him. Right. She's mm-hmm. very clear about that, that it's their it's this this bond that they share, both being wolves that mm-hmm. pulls her to him. Right. It's this thing that he is. I mean, maybe not ashamed of, but definitely keeps secret and hidden and literally locked up. So to have someone say, right. hey, no, this thing that you've been locking up is actually great. Mm-hmm. There's a deeper, there's a deeper narrative here for Oz that I think we don't really get because we're mm-hmm. focused on the jealousy angle, which right. is a huge mm-hmm. thing, and and gives us that beautiful moment of connection with Willow and Xander, mm-hmm. where she goes oh, to see him and she's talking to him, and he just says, "I've deciphered your ingenious code." Like it's I know. so sweet. <laughs> It's so great. It's so he's just, yeah. he's like, look, let's not talk. Let's talk about the issue, not around the issue, because I know that, right. you know, this isn't your friend's cousin's, you know, 
dentist right. that we're talking about. <laughs> this right. Is you. This is well, you I love us. Xander too as like our confessional character now. He is the one that people go to when they've got problems. I mean, last week he was a bartender, but he kind of is. He's the priest. He's the bartender. He's the guy you go to to have these conversations. And this is, you know, the Xander that I love. I think this is the ultimate expression of Xander. Um, and his role in the group being the one that keeps them emotionally connected and humanly connected. Like he's the only one without any kind of superpowers, any kind of supernatural nothing, right? Um, so he's the one who keeps them all connected to their humanity, you know, to what all of this means for them as people as opposed to as supernatural, you know, crime fighters or whatever. Um, and I love that we have this role for Xander. I think that he fills it really well. Um, and I love the way that he gives, you know, such sweet advice. It's really a fun version of Xander. I like that guy. I love him saying, talk to us. Like, yeah. obviously, like, he's probably sensing that you're worried. Go talk to him. Mm-hmm. And Willow says, well, then he'll know. Then then he might think I'm worried and jealous. And Xander <laughs> says, but you are. <laughs> like, but you are. Like, I, I see what's going on here. It's it's wonderful. I love, I love the version of Xander who is giving like really good love and support to his friends this is good xander and pro this This is really good xander this is my favorite flavor of xander (laughs) i enjoy this very much there are a lot of things in season four that we like to complain about right you know because season four is one of these seasons that everybody's like season four and i think that it's one it's again like that phenomenon where you look at the big bad you look at the big story for the whole season and you think you know because the whole (laughs) maggie walsh adam thing whatever it's all kind of bullshit um and it's all bad and when we get a riley the initiative whatever Um, But there is some great stuff happening in season four. I mean, we've got this wonderful expression of Xander, right? This kind of rediscovery of Xander at a point in his life where he is sort of um, kind of sinking like a stone. Like, I mean, he's literally living in the basement. Like he's at the bottom. He's at rock bottom literally every day, you know, Um, living in the basement. No, you know, not working toward a future of any kind, like hopping back and forth between these random jobs, trying to just make a little money so he can pay rent to his mom as soon as she puts a lock on his door. You know, Um, all of this stuff is... um, is really fun and it gives us some great Xander. We've got some great sweater Giles. I love scruffy sweater Giles. He's grown a bit of a of a scruff. He's not shaving quite as much as he was. He's wearing sweaters instead of tweed and and button down everything and um and so I love that expression of like midlife crisis Giles that we're going to be seeing escalating throughout the season. Of course, we get the beginning of the most wonderful arc in all of television history, which is the Spike arc. You know, um, there's a lot of great stuff in happening in season four that you can really appreciate. Absolutely. Do we want to talk about jealousy? Yes, let's. The 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 always such a fun and crunchy <laughs> yeah. always such a such a crunchy theme, jealousy. Yes. Um so we've got we get some really interesting and slightly problematic <laughs> takes mm-hmm. on jealousy in this episode. Um you know Buffy saying, who cares who Oz checks out if he loves Willow? And yeah, I mean, that's great. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really good. That's excellent. A plus friending right there, Buffy. Except that this isn't about love. It's about desire. Right. And that gets really, really complicated really fast. Because the weight Mm -hmm. Willow puts on the word sexy when she says he thinks she's sexy 
mm-hmm. is so significant. It's like this is the thing that Willow feels she doesn't have. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And you can see that the the attraction, you know, she describes the the blushing behind his ears, which is really cute. Right. Um, yes. But, you know, she she equates she says, you know, that's for me only. And but there's this I don't know, I don't know how to express this. There's this weight that she puts on the idea that Veruca is sexy and she's not. Mm-hmm. Um Right. You know, and she's she says, I have wrong feelings about other guys sometimes, but I feel guilty. I flog and punish. <laughs> and I'm like, Well, like, are they are they wrong feelings? I are they wrong feelings? I, no. Being attracted to somebody. I mean, this is the thing. Like, there are things you can control and things you can't. You can't control how you feel or how you respond. You can control what you choose and what action you take. But like, you know, the kind of like you see somebody who's attractive and you're attracted to them. That's just you being a human person. It's like looking in the sun and sneezing. Should you flog yourself for that? <laughs> Not really. No, because it's just the way it is, you know. The action that you take, absolutely, you're responsible for that, you know, and if you betray somebody that you've made a promise to, then that's a bad thing, you know, but, um, but having a thought, finding somebody attractive, that is not a betrayal. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that is always where I bounce really hard off the jealousy narrative. Yeah, we're gonna, Mm -hmm. you know, we're gonna find somebody else attractive. And then that's going to mean that we're going to undo everything that we've built up Mm -hmm. in our relationship so far but I like I like Buffy trying really hard to make this like okay you know this is going to blow over in a couple days it's going to be like Veruca who Um, she says Oz just isn't the type to stray and I really like the choice (laughs) of the word stray it's like really really good very deliberately chosen really good Mm -hmm. really good writing there Um, Mm -hmm. but part of what makes this story painful is that it's the love desire conflict Oz Mm -hmm. undoubtedly loves Willow and I think ultimately Mm -hmm. that's why he leaves Um, but Veruca really does have something that Willow doesn't and it's that connection Mm -hmm. to werewolfness that we're painting as sexy I don't know that we needed to do that but I mean right you know Mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying like we make it about the sexiness but it's really about that werewolfness that's what is appealing about her yeah but part of that is that sort of animalistic side and there is sort of an animalistic thing to that sexy that whole sex thing, you know, there is an animalistic element to it. So I think that like um, the way that she, we are choosing to frame her, her animalism, you know, in this, this context of it's sexy. Um, But it really is, it is more than that. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I like that Oz does clarify, Mm -hmm. you know, Willow says you had feelings for her, didn't you? And he says, no, I could sense something, but, and he trails Mm -hmm. off and Willow says, but you wanted her like in an animal way. And then she says the line Mm -hmm. that stabs me through the heart. She says, like more than you wanted me. And Oz says nothing. And I just die because it's so painful, so painful (laughs) to not be, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, 
yeah, that's also like a real experience that a lot of people have had. And when yeah. you, when someone makes a choice, someone in your life makes a choice, and that choice is not you, it's yeah. really hard mm-hmm. not to take it personally and not, you know, right. like, like, it's not personal and yet it is totally personal. Oh, yeah. It's oh, so yeah. rough. It's so mm-hmm. rough, but so real. Like, I feel mm-hmm. I feel for everybody in this scenario. <laughs> I feel for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's hard. It's really tough. It's really tough. Um, and we're going to need a bigger cage. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to need a, a better assembled cage. I think maybe I, a higher yeah. quality cage. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, College Werewolf Oz's cage is underground mm-hmm. in the cemetery. Yep. Which is fantastic symbolically Mm -hmm. and really speaks to Oz's relationship to his animal side. This is what I was alluding Mm -hmm. to earlier. Um, He literally Mm -hmm. goes underground. Mm -hmm. I mean, into the underworld surrounded by death to change into his animal form. Like this is not (laughs) subtle. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, and also like burying his true nature. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Is he burying? And then it makes me wonder like, is this symbolic of Oz burying his desire, his desire for this this passionate mm-hmm. animalistic connection that he, you know, experiences with Veruca that he needs, right. you know, that that this real need that he mm-hmm. has to be um, allowed to have the full experience of his animal form is he burying his violence because that's the other thing about the werewolves Mm -hmm. they're violent they are vicious right um and oz is mr chill he's mr cool he's mr you know Mm -hmm. no problem cool in a crisis guy Mm -hmm. this is i think when he yells at veruca in this episode it's not the only time that we see him raise his voice at all Mm-hmm. In the whole, see, I don't, I'm, I'm racking my brain and I can't. I don't think so. Like, I'm trying. The only thing, like, when Willow is in danger, he gets, he gets tense. He gets tense, <laughs> right? Like, the little ever... muscles in his face. Right. Up like, even when he comes in and he sees Willow and Xander kissing in Lover's Walk, like, he very calmly is like, come on, Cordelia, let's leave. When they're looking for Willow, when he realizes that Willow's in danger and they're looking for her, um, you can see that he's tense, you know? Um, but, yeah, like, I don't think he's ever... Yeah, we don't. He's ever yeah. lost it at all. He's never you know? lost it, and mm-hmm. he's never raised his voice. Yeah, this is the one time I think that mm-hmm. Oz raises his voice, mm-hmm. and it's to tell Veruca to get out, which is yeah, really something. Um, yeah, but I I also love the detail that you know, of course, we're buried underground. We're at the cemetery, and this is where. Oz and Willow's relationship dies. Oh, I know. It's, it's so death sad. to the relationship. And it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, it is. I need a moment, Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's take that moment to hear from the Watchers Council and our sponsor for this week. This episode of Still Pretty is brought to you by FlimsyCages.com. FlimsyCages.com is here to provide all your needs for a very pretty underground cage that can be knocked over by one powerful werewolf sneeze. 
flimsycages.com when you want to pretend you did everything you could to keep the dangerous shapeshifter inside locked up, but really, meh. Go to flimsycages.com and use the code VERUCASUCKS to get your discount today. Disclaimer, the discount code will look like it works, but it won't. Also, it's probably important to let you know that the Watchers Council uses rather more sturdy incarceration technology. Isn't that right, Clive? Or instead, you could choose to take the $3 you might spend on a substandard retention device and give it directly to Chipperish Media so that we can keep making the great podcasts you love. Like Still Dead about Angel the Series, Listen Up A-Holes about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Orgasm about Explosive Inspiration, our Star Wars podcast, Metaphors Be With You, and of course, How Story Works, a free college-level course in narrative theory which will teach you that an antagonist doesn't give up until the conflict is finally resolved. So if it hasn't been decided with a clear winner yet, you can bet it ain't over. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. Thank you, Watchers Council, for that informative ad. Nanoel, I guess it's a time in the podcast where we got to talk about freaking Veruca. Wait a minute. We're not going to talk about that whole thing with Bryony? What? The Patreon ask. She's clearly got Clive locked up in a cage. I mean, you heard that, right? Noel, they're just actors it's just a, like a bit thing that they're doing i mean they take it farther than like most actors probably would but it's really not a thing clive stayed at your house for like a month right and then he disappeared and now he's being kept in a cage eh, maybe i don't know sounds like a clive problem to me wow good for you not taking responsibility for the problems of the men you've slept with i like it my therapist is so good, seriously. All right, so anyway, back to Veruca. Veruca's the worst, and here is my argument for why I just hate Veruca. <laughs> um, first of all, and this is probably not her fault, but we've got the skinny girl who eats burgers trope, which drives me insane. We sort of referenced this earlier. This is where my rant comes in. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that whole thing where like, oh, look at me. I'm 45 pounds dripping wet, and I can eat all the burgers I want. We do it with Fred over in Angel. We do it here. Gilmore Girls is probably one of the worst offenders on this because we have these two women who subsist almost entirely on Chinese food and pizza. And yet, you know, skinny, absolutely conforming to this unrealistic beauty standard that Hollywood has set for us. Um, we've watched all of these women on, you know, TV and in movies for so long. And when there's a fat one, a quote unquote fat one, she's a size six for Christ's sake. So like that kind of stuff makes me insane. I think this is incredibly damaging to women. And then when Veruca has that moment where she's like, oh my God, I hate the chicks who say is they're dressing on that. And I'm like, oh my God, shut up. Not to mention and the fact that this actress doesn't touch that burger during that entire exchange. So, you know, whatever, because she can't afford to because she wants to, you know, work in Hollywood. So this whole thing, this like impossible space in which a woman has to be both incredibly thin and willing to eat absolutely everything in the world at the same time drives me crazy. I absolutely hate it. And the thing is, is that Marty Noxon, who wrote this episode, has publicly talked about her struggles with eating disorders, and she is not at fault for this. Uh, this is about the culture that poisoned her in the first place and poisons all of us, and I hate that shit. It drives me crazy. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm over here, like, with my eating disordered history, like, yeah, yeah, she just, you know, likes to eat because she's a werewolf. <laughs> like, <I was> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> and you know what? Fair enough. She is a werewolf. I guess that burns a lot of calories. So for Veruca specifically, possibly this may not be an issue, but it is an issue in general with the way that women are presented and the way that women are told that you have to, you know, fulfill all of these absolutely impossible things. And I think it drives me crazy. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Like, I hate Veruca for a lot of reasons. So we're going to hit them all. But Willow sits down and Veruca doesn't even acknowledge her. She doesn't say hi. She doesn't even smile at her. There's nothing. And I'm like, fuck you, Veruca. That's goddamn Willow Rosenberg, bitch. Stop that nonsense. <laughs> then, then, okay, Oz just leaves Willow there. Yeah, what in this the hell? really awkward, uncomfortable situation. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't like that my girlfriend and the woman that I've been drooling over for a couple of weeks are here making me feel uncomfortable. So let me leave. And then leaves his coffee cup behind. Like, this is a student union. Nobody is cleaning up after you. You, you bust your own damn table, Oz. You just leave your coffee cup there for what? For Willow to pick up after you? And then Veruca is just like, nah, I gotta go. Leaves her there. Leaves all of her food there also on the table for Willow to pick up. And then throws that, oh, good shirt line at her, which is bitchy as hell. The whole thing drives me crazy. But I mean, like, part of it is that they don't clean up after themselves. <laughs> like, that annoys me almost as much as everything else. Well, Oz just leaving. Like, that is... Th- yeah. I- I lose that it. That is so shitty. I lose it. Yes. It's like, oh, shit. I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to go. Right. Never mind. Right. That, like, everyone in this situation is uncomfortable, Oz. Like, it's not all about you. It's not all exactly. about you. And leave leave Willow there yes. to deal with Veruca? Like, no, you don't. You say, hey, Willow, why don't we leave? Because this woman's clearly a bitch, you know, <laughs> or something. Right. But he just leaves her there and it's terrible. And then you've got Veruca, who generally just has a shocking lack of concern for the well-being welfare of anyone aside from her. Um, Not just Willow, but the people she might maim or kill while she's out being a werewolf, you know, uh, during the full moon. Um, And the thing is, like, also her incredible carelessness toward Oz and her lack of concern for the fact that Oz is in a relationship. Because the thing is, it is not the job of the other person in a cheating scenario to protect the relationship. Like, that's Oz's fucking job. So I don't hold Veruca responsible for that. Um, And hating on the other person when someone cheats, like, especially in this, you know, we have this kind of construction, this hetero construction where there are two women involved is an incredibly misogynistic trope and you know what I'm done with that um but Veruca doesn't care about anyone I mean forget Oz and Willow forget the fact that if she's so into Oz like if she cared about Oz at all the fact that he is in a relationship that he's struggling with his identity as a werewolf forcing all this stuff on him like she is not good for him she is going after what she wants and fuck him she doesn't care you know um so she's terrible for that um But she doesn't care about anybody. I find it really terrible. And I appreciate your sympathy for her. Oh, yes. um, Because I do do find your sympathy, like, interesting. But I think any vulnerability in this character has to be actively decoded by and within the viewer. Because it's not on the screen. It's not in the text. She's written and performed flatly with absolutely no nuance or complexity. She bores the fuck out of me when she's not annoying me. Um, So, I don't know. Anyway, you go into your your Veruca thing. You go ahead and give your opposite side of this. (laughs) Well, and to be fair, this is all completely like, I think I have written all of this subtext for Veruca that is absolutely not there because I too (laughs) am so sick of 
the trope of the sexy girl who comes along and steals your man. You know, yeah, like it's like, oh right. no, 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 no. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, some of this is headcanon. Some of this is that stretch to vulnerability that yeah. you mentioned. Um, but I, I do, I actually do feel for. Veruca in the story. And I know mm-hmm. a popular opinion, and please use the hashtag still pretty when you tell me on social media how <laughs> wrong I am about this. Oh, people are gonna people when you have an unpopular opinion, all the people who agree with you are get so excited. Those are the people you're gonna hear from. <laughs> but you know, like hashtag still pretty. Cause yeah, you know absolutely. that everyone else who follows that hashtag also wants to see you tell me that I'm super duper wrong. Like that see, I'm a giver. <laughs> I'm thinking of the community. This is it's the Thank community you, building honey. hatred right. of Noel's unpopular opinion. So, mm-hmm. but here's okay. Here's the thing about Veruca. Mm-hmm. I actually I think we do get a teeny tiny bit of vulnerability from her, but it's couched in this whole like I'm turning into an animal. You know, it's not. I don't like yeah. it. Um, but she is exploring the edges of her power a lot, like Willow mm-hmm. is with magic. She is, I mean, she's the mean girl with the superiority complex, but she also wants connection and to be seen and loved for who she truly is. I mean, she says Mm -hmm. to Oz in a performance that I did not think needed to be quite so over the top, but whatever. (laughs) I've wanted you even before I ever saw you. I sensed you. Did you sense me? Mm-hmm. And that's where we get a teeny tiny little bit of vulnerability. There's a desperation there that I think is not just about the physical transformation that's about to happen. Really? Yeah. I don't see any desperation. She knows goddamn well he sensed her. She has. I don't see any insecurity in her at all in that moment. See, I like that you see it. I, I see, like that you see that. I, yeah. I see a little bit of desperation because she needs mm-hmm. what she wants, what she's asking for him to do is say yes. Mm-hmm. To confirm right. that there is this connection between them. And of course, we don't hear an answer because Oz replies by grabbing her and kissing her and he's a man of action. But, mm-hmm. you know, his his lack of answer is an answer. Yeah. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. also and also speaks to or doesn't speak to. I don't know. Speaks to Oz not being able to say, yes, I am a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hitting the, the like the queer storyline pretty hard here because the first time Oz was a werewolf was in mm-hmm. Phases, where yeah. we get the bait mm-hmm. and switch with Larry, who mm-hmm. we think is the werewolf, but oh no, Larry's gay. So right. we've made this connection with werewolf Oz and the idea of a... An alternative sexuality, a queer sexuality, (laughs) if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's clearly some of what's going on in this relationship with Oz and Veruca. I mean, it's not much of a relationship because they can't talk about it. It's a connection. Yeah. I I don't know. I see that. I, I, I see that need to be acknowledged for what you are and loved for being a literal monster. It's right. an interesting mm-hmm. problem. Um, and she's saying, I mean, she's trying to reclaim her monsterness. She's trying to say, no, this is a good thing. And then she hits the, you know, the I'm the villain because 
you know, it mm -hmm. makes us better. You feel sorry for other people. And when someone says, you don't understand, but you will, <laughs> that's yeah. like, that's antagonist red flag. Hello. Oh, absolutely. You know. <laughs> Are you dating an antagonist? Here are the red flags to look for. <laughs> I need that BuzzFeed list. Ten signs. You oh, may absolutely. be dating the antagonist. You may be dating an antagonist. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to Care only about anyway. their own feelings? Check. Never ask how you are? Check. Wait a minute. Uh -oh. Hold on. I got to make some calls. Exactly. In conclusion... Veruca is kind of the worst, and <laughs> and my my queer theorist heart just like breaks for the lost possibility of a narrative about like oh, I'm a monster and I want to exist and the world is a monster and Aww. society won't let me. So anyway, anyway, right? Head no, cannon. I like that. I like is that a powerful you're thing. That but I like that you're bringing that queer theory into it. And I think that that read on this actually makes this a much, much more interesting dynamic. You know, I think there's much, much more interesting things going on there. And I think had they, I, I'm pretty sure that they didn't see that when they were writing it, you know, that it wasn't intentional. Um, but I like the options there, the opportunities there for that to be like a, a queer metaphor. And I think that it works really nicely. And I appreciate that you saw that there and brought that to this discussion, because I think that it makes it better. <laughs> Also, so I just like antagonists. Like the yeah, antagonists are so fun. The people that we're supposed to hate, I really enjoy. <laughs> That's oh God, just so kind of they're so much. They're fun. so great. They're so, <laughs> so great. my favorite thing. It's a favorite thing to write too, because antagonist has one job, right? Block the protagonist. That's all they have. One damn job. So you can do anything with an antagonist. It's really really fun. But anyway, that is uh, narrative theory. You can find more about that over in the podcast How Story Works. But today we're talking about Wild at Heart on Buffy, and I want to talk a little bit about Willow because oh my God, Willow! Um, I love. I love Willow pretty much all the time in everything. Very rarely is there a Willow moment that I don't completely adore and feel is genuine. Um, but this seems odd to me where we open suddenly in this relationship between Willow and Oz that has been highly communicative. And Willow is always the one that gives, like, you know, whenever Buffy comes to her and is like, I don't know, it's gonna angel. <laughs> then Willow always says, well, talk to him, right? So they've been together for a couple of years. They have a history of actually speaking to each other about the things that are going on in their relationship. It feels weird to me that suddenly Willow can't talk to Oz. Did that feel odd to you? Yeah, it really, really does. They seem to have their communication down, or at least they do yeah. on Oz's end of things. So right. when Oz, I guess what it is, is that Oz has stopped communicating with right. Willow because mm -hmm. he doesn't understand what's going on. But again, that's like right. way under the surface. We don't get that. In the text, mm -hmm. we have to know that Oz right. has this thing going on that he's not talking about with Willow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah. I, too, know the love of a taciturn man. You know, I yeah. mean, this is Willow's thing. Like, she's used to him, I think, speaking with action. And his actions right now are kind of shitty. And she's not sure, like, where to take that or what that means. But it also feels a little weird. And then there's this moment, too, where Willow, after the birthday cake shirt incident right and she's feeling so insecure about Oz goes to him in this sexy leather outfit which on the one hand I'm like fuck yeah release the badass witch inside go for it I I hate that she's 
choosing that outfit because she wants to be Veruca for him or she wants to like ignite that sexual desire in him and that she feels she has to be different in order to do that. It's so sad that she feels like she doesn't have like she Mm -hmm. she's not sexy. That is her fear. Right. In all of this. And she's making it about her rather than him. And I mean, this is the thing. Like she doesn't understand what what's happening because she trusts Oz so completely that the idea that what is happening is actually what is happening is so beyond her that she can't get behind it. And this is the thing where like trust gets turned around on the people who hold it. You know, and that's a very difficult thing for me to watch personally. Yeah. I identify, you're bringing queer theory to this. I'm bringing betrayal of trust to this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. You know, because the thing is that, like, it's very clear exactly what's going on here. But when you trust somebody completely, mm-hmm. those things become, they're not an option because you trust them. And when you trust somebody completely, that's when they have the power to betray you so totally. Um And I hate that. And that always bugs me. And I think that trust is a good thing. Like, you know, in a relationship, you should be able to trust each other. Absolutely. But when you trust somebody, that gives them a lot of power to fuck you up. And I don't like that. Yeah. It's it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. And of course, Buffy says, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to blow over. Mm -hmm. And Willow's still like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know about this. Yeah. And then she goes Because she knows. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, she goes to Xander. I mean, I love I know we talked about this a little bit, but I, I so love Willow going to Xander. They were best friends for so long. And the cheating thing, you know, with Cordelia and Oz from season three, like definitely put some space between them, you know, and it's nice to see her going to him again. Yeah, it's nice to see them in that friend space where mm-hmm. stuff isn't weird between them. She just, right. She just needs him to weigh in on this. On this on man the manly situation. man things, <laughs> on the manly man things, you know, is, yeah, you um, know. it's it's really incredibly sweet. And of course, you know, we've talked about Xander, how much I love Xander being the new, you know, town priest, the one that everybody goes to, the <gasps> confessional space. Um, it's really, really wonderful. Um, but the thing, though, we go to where Willow finds Oz and Veruca, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the in the underground lair space, mm-hmm. you know. And he throws Xander in her face. And I have never wanted to punch Oz so much in my life. Punch him in his face. The I know how it feels. Oh, fuck you. You so do not get you don't get to do that, by the way, because that is over. That is done. That is forgiven. That has been resolved. So using that so that you don't have to face what you've done. Fuck you, Oz. And me saying, fuck you, Oz. This is such a weird episode for me <laughs> because I love Oz all the time. He's my guy, mm-hmm. you know, and now like being this angry with Oz, I find a little disconcerting, quite honestly. It's throwing me a little bit off my game. Um, but I love the way that Willow is, the way she handles it. Like instead of jumping on him and ripping his face apart with her fingernails, which is, I think, possibly in that circumstance, something that I might have done. Um, (laughs) She just explains so nicely, you know, in such a nice and respectful way that he's full of shit and can fuck right off, you know. Um, But she's still like she's still super vulnerable in that moment. She's still, you know, trying to process everything. And she just runs away. And it's so freaking heartbreaking. And then, of course, 
you know, Buffy says, put the blame where it belongs. And she goes immediately to her box of magic, right? And pulls the stuff out. Um, And I love watching her arc through this because we're going to see Willow struggle with when you have power to do like whatever you want, not doing it is all, all like just as powerful a choice, you know? Um, so here she is starting up this spell, you know, working on it. And then she changes her mind mm-hmm. and she decides not to do it. And that is such an incredibly powerful choice. It's a quiet moment. And then we get Veruca coming in with her stupid, growly, oh, yeah. animalistic bullshit. And then we got to deal with that. But like <laughs> in that moment where Willow makes that choice, I love that. It's it's incredible. And of course, you know, we come in on her in the science lab working her spell and I just love Mm -hmm. science lab plus magic it makes me so happy whenever whenever the magic takes place in the science lab like it gives me it gives me heart feelings and I love it but she's you know she's like conjuring in the name of the devil and the forces of (laughs) hell and I'm like oh honey like no Mm -hmm. (laughs) like no no that's gonna have a splashback yeah no guy's worth it (laughs) (laughs) none of that sugar no man's worth it Mm -hmm. i I think is the line from some like it hot but anyway um yeah it's it's great and the the Mm -hmm. supplies start to float as she gets more and more upset and then she yes backs out and it's this oh it's so good it's so good so mm-hmm. I love no it is I love I mean I hate heartbroken spellcasting Willow but I love heartbroken spellcasting Willow oh I know and Willow and Allison Hannigan can bring on that level of emotion like nobody's business she is so amazing in this whole thing at the end when she says Oz don't you love me oh my god it breaks me into tiny little pieces yeah. I can't handle it well, it's so powerful yeah because despair willow is probably the hardest willow to stomach i mean it's so hard to see her just checked out and you know stumbling through the street and i hate riley saying maybe you should take her home to buffy like buffy wouldn't have thought of that but when he looks right at willow and he says whatever it is it's not worth hurting yourself over i start to cry like oh my god it's It's so funny i have the exact opposite reaction (laughs) when he says maybe you should take her home that's like a nice thing about like you know i'm uh, here you go i know she's safe with you right you know and i'm not gonna worry about it when he looks at her with that the more you know kind of look (laughs) on his face and says whatever it is it's not worth hurting yourself over i'm like shut up riley god (laughs) i love that we are polar opposites on those lines i know no, I it's love so funny. it. I love it. I don't know. And maybe, maybe when I was at the depths of my despair, if a very, very handsome and very tall, muscular, blonde, <laughs> probably not actually part of a secret commando society, but you know, who knows? Guy had said, whatever it is, yeah. whatever it mm-hmm. is, it's not worth hurting yourself over. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That might have helped. So, Oh, oh, Riley. Well, we'll have to send Mark Blucas to your house. <laughs> whoa, 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 Lonnie. There's, there's a, there's a very big difference between like fantasizing about a large man being in your house and actually having a large man show up at your house. This is a. You know what? Fair enough. Absolutely true. Point conceded. I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> but also, hey, but Mark, I love Willow. you. <laughs> The 
Buffy and Willow stuff, though. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Oh, my God. Buffy leaving Willow alone in their dorm room. Mm-hmm. And she's trying so hard to help and see yes. the right thing. And she doesn't want to go, but she knows she has to go because somebody's got to stop mm-hmm. this sexy werewolf oh. who's out there with her right. sex, you know, whatever. And she turns around and she just says to Willow, I love you. And I go, oh. damn it, Noxon, you live to destroy my heart. Why? I like, know. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. It is. It's such a great moment when she says that. And it's just like, I love that relationship between Buffy and Willow. It's so great, you know. And usually we have Willow being the one who comforts Buffy because Buffy's always the one in the middle of all the dramatic shit. It's nice to see Buffy being there for Willow. It's, yeah. But mm-hmm. but also watching Buffy be torn between wanting to stay and just I know just stay with her. Just stay with her. And I know, but she has to go and get Veruca because she's the only one who can stop a werewolf girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very difficult choice to make. <laughs> Man. Yeah. And I then know. and then of course, you know, Willow has to watch Oz kill Veruca in a fight yeah. that is blessedly short. Great choice there. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that's over quickly. And then, oh my God, speaking of like heartbroken Willow, hard to stomach, she holds her hand out to him like you would yeah. offer a dog your hand to smell. And mm-hmm. she says, Oz? You know, she's asking Wolf Oz to see human Willow, which is something that he mm-hmm. can't do. Yeah. And it just gives me, I'm just, oh, he's I not... Know. They can't see each other and they can't be together. And it's so sad. And then, of course, you know, know. Willow has to weep in Buffy's arms, which is, oh, God. A moment of shared pain gets me every time. I know. I know. Oh, Oh, I mean, talk about the importance of being seen and cared for and held and be, you know, have your people and be in community. Oh, my God. It's brutal. It's brutal. Shame on you, Marty Noxon, oh but I love God. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's nuts. All right. So I think we've gotten through most of what this episode has to offer. But, Noelle, I got to ask you, what are you wearing? Good shirt. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Paige Moss, for hitting that moment mm-hmm. so hard. She went so hard on that moment. Oh, she did. she entitled girl. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some fantastic late 90s Delia's fashion on Buffy with the little <laughs> head kerchief and the tube top. I yeah. mean, come on. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that's deeply meaningful or anything, but I just I had to call it out because it's really, yep. really adorable. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, Willow's new look, her pleather pants and that roughly kind of sheer purple top is so mm-hmm. reminiscent of like faith and what she thinks sexy Mm -hmm. is supposed to be. But then when she goes to see Xander, we see that she's wearing black clogs and white socks. White (laughs) socks with her black pleather. It's so willow and it's so sweet. And when she sits sits down next to him and we see her white socks, I'm just like, oh dear, you, oh, sweetheart. Like this really is just a sexy girl costume that you tried to put on it's not working is it <laughs> i know oh, i know man. no give oh, it man, oh, man, oh, give man. it about i don't know about two years willow i think that's gonna be pretty on brand <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna take a little while um and then when i was watching i did a ridiculous anachronistic and tarot inspired reading of willow's purple white gray and black hoodie that's really more about how my weird mind functions but again hashtag still pretty on twitter if you you know want to hear about that nonsense um but we get a lot of purples on willow we get her seduction Mm -hmm. blouse of course 
um, the top of that tie-dyed hooded pullover. And then the top she wears mm-hmm. in the final scene with Oz, which I think bridges the style gap between yeah. overtly sexy and more covered up really, really nicely. And mm-hmm. it's also another fantastic example of that late 90s fashion, the kind of baby doll yeah. inspired with a little ribbon at the neckline. And of mm-hmm. course, with the V-neck, then her heart is all exposed and she's all vulnerable Aww. and raw. And she's got that. It's that like Aww. sweet baby fabric. I'm I, I'm dead. I'm dead. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's really, really nice. All right. So what's your girl power moment of the week? When Veruca says to Willow, you don't have the teeth. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about, you know, Willow wouldn't go through with a spell. Willow says, right. you don't know what I have. And I'm like, oh, oh girl, here we go. It's going to be, uh, you know, uh, I'm like, uh, Matt. Uh, 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 <laughs> and and at that moment, I'm ready for like a full on wizard fight. I'm like, yeah, you zap oh, yeah. that werewolf with some, you know. Expecto protonum, that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, the whole all, all the Buffy Willow, Buffy holding Willow yeah. at the end. Oh, man. It's so, yeah. I mean, that that to me no, is always girl stuff. power. That like it is real that love power, yeah. and compassion and being just being with somebody who is in so much mm-hmm. pain. That's yeah. That's the height of girl power or really human power. Yes, very true. That does not need to be about being a girl. You know, men can also comfort each other in despair. It's completely fine. <laughs> But I love, I mean, my most, like, powerful girl moment, you know, was was when Willow decides not to use her power, because deciding not to use your power is huge. Um, and that's going to be a big struggle that we're going to see in, in Willow as we move forward through the series. So it's, it's a really interesting kind of character moment right now to see her do that. Um, all right. So, Noelle, what's your favorite part? Unpopular opinion time. Oz and Veruca <laughs> waking up in the woods. It's... I, I'm sorry. I love werewolf sex. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Love what you love. And baby. I love werewolf You're sex. You're on Chipperish. I'm here for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think that that's great. You know what's funny? I've never, I've never enjoyed shapeshifter stories in general. I don't know what it is. There's something about shapeshifters that like they're huge and like paranormal romance and all this kind of stuff, and it just never works for me. I don't know what it is. Huh? Because it's deceitful. It is. Maybe. Because it's. I think maybe. Because it's uncertain. I think yeah. you're a Gemini, though. Like you should be all about the shape shifting. I should be. <laughs> if I hadn't grown up with like terrible people who lie about yeah, stuff all the time, okay. having issues right. with honesty, I think maybe the shapeshifter wouldn't bother me so much. Possibly it's something I should take up with my therapist. Anyway, my favorite part. <laughs> Speaking of things you should take up with your therapist, what's your favorite oh, part? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Spike, first of all, the evil mon- the five seconds we get of Spike is my favorite part of this whole episode because the rest of this episode speaks to things that I don't really enjoy that much. Um, although it is an excellent episode, I will say. Um, and also sweater Giles, sweater Giles. I just have a really bad weakness for British men. I can't. I don't know what it is. Lots it's not anyone? good though. It ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't good. <laughs> All right, that's it for today. We made 
it. Yay! To join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Noella Loud and use the hashtag still pretty, especially when you tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> or you can keep Chipperish Media going to the tune of a dollar a month or more and gain access to the live chat and Discord where you can hang out with me and Noelle and all the Chipperish patrons who I'm sure are flogging and punishing themselves right now. You can also show your support by giving Still Pretty a great review on Apple Podcasts or by telling your friends about the show or by deciphering Willow's ingenious code. We will be back next time with the initiative, the seventh episode of season four. Until then, now might be the time for your trademark stoicism. Outside on the street, Maggie Walsh is walking home when she's attacked by Werewolf Oz. She runs, turns a corner, and there's another werewolf who obviously uses conditioner. (laughs) She does. It's clear. No, clearly. Clearly. She's been to the werewolf salon. (laughs) She's into self-care. Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag self-care, okay? (laughs) 